Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter. That Connor, you're looking different. What's what's happened? <laughs> I dyed my hair. What do you think? Yeah. I got contacts. He shaved as well. Um <laughs> How long can I keep this joke going? I don't know. This is Tara, everyone. <laughs> welcome Tara to the show. This is the first thing she's been on on the channel. And what are we here for? We are here to talk about the Twilight Zone because the new version is starting very soon. And I was I was talking about wanting to review the original show and no one else had time to do it. And Tara said, I'll do it. And she has no idea the door she's opened. <laughs> well, thanks. Um, I'm honored that you uh, agree to this. I thought I was chum in the water and you took the bait, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see who regrets it more in, in 20 minutes' time. Uh, so, yes, no, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, we're going to talk about Twilight Zone, episode one. This is season one. It is called Where Is Everybody? The weird thing is, is that normally when we review an episode one on this channel, I'll say, oh, we'll start spoiler-free and we'll give you warning before spoilers. And the bizarre thing about this show, and even the new Twilight Zone, uh, when me and Connor do it, is that Every episode is its own story, so theoretically we could do a spoiler-free section on every single episode, but I also feel like that would be very tiring and pointless because who's watching a review for, you know, season 3, episode 14, and wants the spoiler-free opinions? Like, no, you, if, you, if you're going to watch The Twilight Zone, you're probably going to just watch the whole thing. I don't know how we could review a Twilight Zone spoiler-free when so much is depending on the ending anyway. It really is. It all builds up to the ending, you're right, because they all have twists. Well, most of them do. <laughs> Uh, so, so full spoilers, I guess, is what I'm saying. That was that was a very long way of saying full spoilers for the episode. Uh, so, I will say I have seen the first couple of seasons of this before. I uh, saw it a few years ago. Um, memory's a little hazy, but I did remember you know, when it started. I was like, oh yeah, I remember this one. I remember the where this is going. Uh, you'd seen some episodes, spatterings of. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty familiar with the well-known ones, like the Shatner ones and um, the Bridges Meredith one. I know pretty well, but. I know that I've watched many of them, if not all of them at one point, but it does seem pretty fresh when I walked walked into this first episode. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, so we have some memories, not, not necessarily remember every episode. This first one is about a man who he's walking into into, into a town. He's at this diner who's on the, on the outskirts, this little gas station or whatever it is, and he's on his own. Uh, as the title would imply, there's no one else there. And he goes in looking for people, and then he ends up getting to the town, which I am pretty sure is the, the lot from Back to the Future, this town square. <laughs> it definitely has some Universal Studio vibe. It did. Yeah. Uh, the, the top of the building with the pillars looked different, but I, I'm assuming in the 30 years before Back to the Future, they added the clock tower part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure you're right for that. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm there for like, spotting like movie <laughs> studio like spaces, but... Um, that's actually one that showed up in the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the season 2 episode 21 the first half of the finale and the flashback of Buffy going to high school in LA she's actually coming out of the clock tower from Back to the Future I know insane trivia guys but, is, uh, but yeah that's what you watch for that's what you watch for <laughs> uh, so so yeah so he, he slowly goes a bit more like impatient and mad at first he's got good spirits he's kind of he's like oh I'll have fun I'll make myself a Sunday. I'm looking for food where is everyone and then as it goes on, it gets more and more, like, he gets concerned, like, where am I? That kind of thing. So, uh, there you go. Yeah, it starts to feel a little bit more sinister as well, because he, he, as that paranoia is kicking in, he starts to reveal more things, like, I feel like someone's watching me. But also there are parts where, like, uh, he goes into the phone booth, 
and he thinks somebody's messing with him. And then he goes into the, the jailhouse and the door starts to close on its own and, and it starts to feel a bit more sinister. Um, but you can't really tell if someone's messing with him, but you, it, the episode is kind of implying that like he's being toyed with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about how it ends in a, in a minute, but I, I will start mm-hmm. this like I do with uh, most of these TV reviews of the old stuff. Uh, Tara, did you enjoy where is everybody? I did. Um, I was really into the mystery and um, I liked the lead actor a lot. I thought he was really charismatic. He kind of came off as like a blue collar guy. Um, at first, he was really likable. He's, I was a little bit thrown off by how much dialogue he was giving. Like he seemed to be talking to nobody yeah. for a long time and giving a lot of information and it seemed a little out of place. But once he got to the twist ending, everything kind of made sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. I, I, you can kind of justify all the goofy parts. You're like, oh yeah, that it it does work because of the ending. Do you know what I think impresses me about? It? I think the the talking to himself thing is just a sign of the times, and like instead of doing things visually, they just had to put it in dialogue. Whereas I feel like now a TV yeah. show doing this would try and do it just quietly. Like they did have the quiet eerie episode. But I think mm-hmm. what impressed me about this is that. The concept itself, because I think a lot, one of the things we're probably going to say a lot in these Twilight Zone reviews is that a lot of the concepts in these episodes show up in a lot of other things later, right? They've all been used again in movies and other TV shows, that kind of thing. There's an episode, I think, in season two, I remember the first time I watched it, it, it but, but the twist at the end was like, wait, this is Final Destination. This is the this is Final Destination. Like, mm. I, I had this moment. And I think we're going to... Like, That's ha- probably going to happen a lot. Yeah. yeah. So... I think what impressed me about this one is that, you know, he's on the, on his own in the town and I immediately started, like, thinking about, okay, what's really going on here? What's happening? Mm-hmm. And I was impressed that he himself at one point said, am I dreaming? Is this a dream? Because that's one of the really obvious things that it could have been. And I thought... Yeah, and you know, on if you if you watch it a second time, which I did, uh, he's not wrong. Like, almost everything that he says ends up being accurate. Like, he mm. is being watched. He it, he is dreaming. Even, like, the quote that he does from uh, the Dickens novel, from Christmas Carol, I think, where he was talking about how, like, this is a dream. You're just a piece of, uh, I don't know, like, gravy that's, <laughs> that I had earlier today. I believe, uh, I believe even the li- that's sort of right. Yeah, I believe the line was, uh, you're... You're gravy, but not the grave, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was like you're you're just the leftover part, but not the main. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're a bit of undigested beef or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's right there. <laughs> uh, but like, I I I I think I respected that because I was like, you you come out of this show, it's like okay, this this show started in 1959. It's going to be, and this is this is going to sound like an insulting word, but you kind of expect it to be primitive science fiction. You expect it to be kind of simple by today's standards. And I think what impresses me, and I I know from seeing a couple of seasons a few years ago, what impresses me about the show as a whole is that for the most part, that's not actually true. For the most part, Rod Serling's actually really ahead of the time and is actually, sure, there's some little quirks here that are, you know, TV at the time where he has to put in more dialogue to explain things or something like that. You know, I'd maybe say the ending explains things a little too neatly, but for the most part, it's like he's, with, with, with his ideas, he's like so ahead of the time here. It feels like this could have been written, you know, in the 90s, never mind the 50s uh, yeah i actually think this one would uh would do do pretty well if it was um done for the new tv show as well for a reboot yeah i think you can i think you can do this one again and make a pretty great story out of it yeah i think the only thing you would change is because the twist at the end of the, the thing is that he freaks out 
and he's like screaming and it, it does i love how it just cuts to this shot of like these these you know military suits like sitting in the room staring yeah as he's screaming for help he's you know he's in the phone mm-hmm. booth and he's like screaming please someone listen to me help me blah blah and it, the camera pulls back and then they come in and he's in a tank in the middle of a room and it and it has that feeling that i love it's one of the things i loved about like lost right is that feeling of like this is an experiment what are they doing mm. what's the purpose of this and they do actually explain the purpose the purpose is that they're, they're, they're training and this is why the, the weird time things you're like oh this was 10 years before the moon landing that's okay suddenly this makes sense right. they're testing the, the length of time it would take to get to the moon and back they're testing someone in isolation and this is what's sure. happened is towards the end of this time he's he's started to hallucinate and built this world and because at one point he smashes a clock in the in the dream world and then when you see him in the real tank at the end he's actually like hit a clock that's on the, the wall mm-hmm. so there's right and i think even like the phone booth scene where he starts like freaking out because he's in this box he's in a box being tested right now too so i think Hmm. that claustrophobic feeling uh when you look back at it really makes sense yeah absolutely it it works um and because because it ends with you know i'm looking up at the moon he's like ah next time it will be real and you know rod selling's narration comes in and you know rod sell i can never remember what he says but he always waxes lyrically at the end you know he always like Mm -hmm. you know put beyond the cosmos the the inner deep darkness of the moon and you know i mean it's at the same time very smart but it's also kind of just good nonsense right he's just writing good nonsense to describe what's going on but he always ends with in the twilight zone and it's you know it feels good uh but like no i was impressed with this because it holds up surprisingly well and mm-hmm. if anything realizing that they're testing for the moon almost gives like an extra bit of value from the, this perspective it's like oh this is before the moonlight oh oh right <laughs> this is theoretical at the time and right. I actually, and it has that like old future charm yeah. to it also because <laughs> i actually i laughed uh when i was when we were talking about oh we have to like test you know because we, we can give them food we can give them air we can give them all these things we can give them books to read but you need that human companionship, that that simple necessity of life. And I went, yeah, so you send up more than one person, done. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay. we, we fixed it. They didn't think about that. <laughs> Which, funnily enough, is what happened. They sent up three people. <laughs> so, yeah, and it, it doesn't really take two weeks either. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. But again, at the time, was that something like they could check? Of course not, yeah. You know, when Rod Sterling was writing this and he was doing research, could he, you know, we can look up just now. How long does it take to get to the moon? <laughs> you know. Well, I I kind of figured that he he had the idea of just somebody waking up in this area where mm. there's evidence of people, but there's no people there. Like, he goes into the diner and the coffee's hot, or there's the cigarette in the police station that's still mm. lit. And I think he worked from that idea and then thought how can i make this fit in a scenario yeah. that makes sense and then came up with the the moon landing situation but rather than how can i get to the moon and oh it'd be an isolation test oh isolation test makes sense if you're trying to see if you can handle space flight yeah yeah at the time it would have been super primitive and people would have been like wowed and awed and like oh no. <laughs> i actually really like that detail the idea that like, the food's still warm the cigars still like smoking like all that stuff like, I, I love this idea because yeah. at first it's just okay everyone's missing but then as he starts finding those things it's like wait they it's like they just disappeared the second he walked in the door it's not like they've been right. gone for a while but then more things start happening like the door yeah. closing on its own or the projector in the theater starting on its own it's like so are people appearing and then disappearing or is he just being messed with 
in fact, one of my favourite little details is uh, when he goes out of the police station and he's like on the he's talking on the comms and stuff. He goes out of the jail cell and he goes into the cell to look at the wall and the shadow of the the, the door behind him is shutting and you can see it in front of him. I mean, he realises it, he like he freaks out and runs out as quick as he can because he mm-hmm. might get trapped. It's almost like he's again scared of being in a in a box. He's he's scared yeah. of being in a captive area and that's that's cool. It's just, and at the end he's almost tricked into into the phone booth because. Like the phone's ringing or he needs to get to the phone or, you know um i was a little taken out by the mannequin i agree i i agree in no way I shape mean, or not form every small town has a mannequin store but like why would you talk to you and why does the guy the the owner of the mannequin store have a mannequin in his passenger seat of his van that... I mean, maybe he's trying to carpool lane yeah the, the beauty the beauty of that is that you can explain it because it's not real so you just be like ah it's just right. it's there to trick him still it, yeah it's just an undigested piece of beef yeah. that came up with the it's, it's <laughs> with the, the mannequin store you know it's, it's that it's that scene in the desert where you see like someone in the distance and you're like oh it's a person it's water you know and it's like oh no it's just a mirage let me tell you my life story before i realize you're not a human yeah that that, <laughs> that was my issue with it is that like i'll buy that at glance you can mistake a mannequin for a person but he got so close and he was it wasn't until he opened the door and the mannequin fall, fell out that he was like <laughs> oh it's a mannequin i'm like how could you not tell she wasn't moving like uh, up until like this close like I, f- I feel like you can tell it's a mannequin from like a pretty f- dis- you know, big well, distance in his defense also why is there a mannequin in a van <laughs> <laughs> that's true i've never seen a mannequin in a front seat of a car to know right. that, how i'd react to that specifically that's that's a fair point i'll give you that i'll give you uh the episode's pretty good though i i, I think it has a good atmosphere throughout um he does talk a little bit too much but it kind of works in a in a way like he has this charm like you said this charisma where when he's uh, in the restaurant at the start and he's like tr- he's like try to order food and there's no one answering him he pulls it and he's like, "I've got two, you know, two dollars and eighty something." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, this is this is 1959 price. He's he's expecting a full breakfast yeah. for like two eighty. Um, you ordered hash browns, ham and eggs. Yeah, and <laughs> just taking coffee. And he has this moment where he he looks at the money. He's like, "Oh, I'm American. Oh, well, we've established that I'm American, and I want breakfast, right? I know two things. And that's how you find out he's got amnesia as well. He doesn't know who he is. So he's, uh, which leads to the. Uh, I, I did think he had a bit of a leap when he saw the Air Force poster." And he looked at his jumpsuit and went, oh, I'm in the Air Force. And I'm like, to be fair, there's a lot of professions that use a jump jumpsuit. <laughs> I don't know. If... Yeah. Well, I kind of thought like he was just piecing things together yeah. just from memory. Like some of his memory was coming through from that. Like maybe it yeah. triggered something. That's why it makes sense in the end, because it's like, oh, this, this is like parts of reality, like creeping in, mm-hmm. you know, like... Uh, that, that, that's why the clock was there that's why the idea that he thinks he's being watched is there because he is being watched he's literally being watched yeah. by a room full of men so mm-hmm. uh the was... mirror scene was a little bit strange but i like the effect a lot <laughs> it got me like i don't really know how they did it either did he just really slam into a mirror like that it seems dangerous uh yeah i mean it would have been special glass to not not you know be dangerous i guess <laughs> to say it in the most eloquent way possible yes it looked uh, really good, yeah, it did look <laughs> but good. it was a little unusual. Like, why would you run into a reflection of yourself? <laughs> yeah, it made. So, I guess yeah. we could justify that to the undigested beef, also. The undigested beef. I love how you keep coming back to this metaphor. Uh, <laughs> I like. Yeah, it doesn't make sense that he would be fooled by the reflection, but it worked for us because in camera it looked like the real place, right? So, because I, I don't think you yeah. realize it's a mirror until he hits it, because you think he's just walking in. You know, he's running into the lobby. Yeah, it was a good effect. Yeah. 
So it, it works well for us as the audience. But I mean, yeah, if you think about it in his head, like in real life, you can tell the difference between a reflection and a real, a real area, right? You, you just can. So it may, you know, but it, it works because and and the the in camera effect tricks us. So mm-hmm. we're kind of there with them. It's only now because we're talking about it and we're sort of picking holes at it. We're like, oh, does that really work though? No, I think overall it does really yeah. work though, especially when you get the ending, and it's not a simulation it's a simulation sort of that's being influenced by people but for the most part he yeah. is just dreaming oh yeah because the, the twist now if someone wrote this would be like oh is this a computer simulator he's in the matrix you know, is, uh... yeah yeah um actually i started laughing uh at one point because i was because i was actually thinking as i was watching it like different like possible because tw- i knew what the twist was but i was trying to think of what different possible endings would be and mm-hmm. one of the things i thought was is that oh what if this was like the leftovers like like they all just they they literally all just vanished and it was real like he was just walking through a town and you know um you see i didn't remember the episode or the twist and so i thought he was being messed with i thought mm. there was some invisible hand that was turning stuff on and trying to get him to crack for some reason like ex- I thought it was an experiment, but I didn't think it was like a military experiment. Yeah, you you thought it was actually testing like a torture or like yeah, like or yeah. like I don't know. My mind did go to aliens, maybe just observing <laughs> human behavior, but but that's probably just Star Trek influence. <laughs> I, I I think what I like about the twist is that it's an experiment, but it's an experiment for a practical reason. This is just a a an, a byproduct of the experiment. It's not the intention of the experiment. I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I think it was a pretty strong pilot episode too. Like it, it has the right tone for a Twilight Zone. Yeah. Where you know everything, it, it tells you what you can expect from the series, which is it's not really sci-fi or horror. It's kind of something in the middle where everything is your reality, but something is slightly off. It was great. I really did like it. Yeah, Twilight Zone has a really good atmosphere for that kind of that's very specific. Something feels off story, mm-hmm. uh, and I think the thing that wraps it all around. Is because in this in the scene itself, I was I rolled my eyes a little bit when he finds the book rack and it's all the Last Man on Earth copies. <laughs> but in the end, I'm like, wait a minute. Given that everything else from reality is bleeding in, right? You know, that's why he's seen the Air Force thing. That's why he's seen these other like signs of real life. Like he's clearly read this book before, and that's why his hallucination is like this. He's he's, he's actually mm. kind of basing it on that book. That's cool. I didn't make that connection, but I like it. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That's why he's seen the book because he's read this. He doesn't remember, obviously, but that's why his mind built this version of the world. Because it could have been anything. It could have been like a, a busy metropolis you know, full of people. Mm-hmm. But it, it built this type of world. And I think that's why. It's because, you know, maybe maybe that's the last thing he read. Because they even said that they gave them books to read and stuff. So maybe he had books in there. Mm, right. So that's how they were, like, trying to manipulate what kind of a dream he would have in order to test the isolation theory. Yes. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hey, you know, for a twenty-five minute episode, that was a a lot of good theorizing. So, that's a good sign <laughs> for future Twilight Zone discussions. Um, yeah, we should mention at the end of the episode, uh, Rod Selling does pop up and tell you what the next one's going to be. Um, I was surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what's funny is it's been a while since I'd watched these, and I I was expecting him to be there at the start to introduce it, and I don't know if he ever actually does do that or if I'm just remembering these bits at the end. That might be a night gallery thing. That might be a night gallery thing. Yeah um also i mean I've, I've been doing tales from the crypt with tim for a while so i'm, I'm thinking of the crypt keeper probably more than anything else uh but yeah so we, we know we have a, a person who sells wooden toys next next week i believe he said yeah do you remember that episode 
not from the top of my head no that, that, this one was definitely very memorable um uh, next one which is called one for the angels i th- joe i think i actually have a vague recollection now that i've seen the image i just, I just clicked next on imdb now that i've seen the image i'm like oh i'm kind of sparking a memory if he sells ties then i know what the episode is but i don't he said he sells toys, toys. but if, if there's neckties in it then i know which one it is <laughs> <laughs> i actually i remember what the twist is now unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm looking at it, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, we'll have a discussion uh, about episode two next time. Uh, so there you go. That's your first review. Do you feel good? Did it go? Did it go well? I think so. <laughs> the answer is dead we'll see. people. Am it's, I invited back for episode two? You are invited back. I think that went well. That 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 was actually pretty strong for a first uh, time. Um, trust me, uh, all of us were much worse. <laughs> I promise you that. I, I, I have secret hidden tapes of Tim and they're not good. That's for Patreon. Yeah, Never. Patreon only. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's him just like breaking down in the middle of a recording and taking his shirt off and just being like, ah, I'm crazy. He's, he's basically, he's, it's like he was in that isolation chamber himself, but he wasn't. He was just on camera. He just, he had this like negative reaction. Um, I'm making fun of Tim because he's, he's a good sport, but T- Tim is the only one out of all of us who's done stand-up comedy. And Tara's about to jump in and say, I've done stand-up comedy. No, no, Tim did stand-up comedy naked. So... <laughs> He's got me beat. Yeah, he wins. So, but hey, <laughs> that has been uh, Twilight Zone episode one. So thank you very much for watching or listening. Uh, Patreon was mentioned. You can go over to patreon.com slash TV if you want to support the show and the channel and everything we do here. Um, I was joking about the crazy tapes of Tim being on there, but... Uh, there are some stuff early, um, including these, actually. Uh, these Twilight Zone reviews will be a week early on Patreon. So you can go over and get those early. You can get some exclusive stuff. You can do other things. Uh, you can also support us other ways, though. You can get us on the Twitters, at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. You can, of course, uh, like, subscribe, comment, let us know what you think of the episode in the com- comments below, all that other stuff. Uh, but that is us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Um, keep watching TV, guys, and... I don't have an outro thought of this one. I feel like I should end this with always, like, you know, in the Twilight Zone, like the like Rod does on the show. I'll do some homework and come up with something for next week. Yeah, but I haven't thought of anything, <laughs> any natural leading to, you know, because he, because he, because I mean, credit to that man, he he did like a different version of that in every single episode, where he always goes in the Twilight Zone at the end, as, as if it was that easy. <laughs> That's us, guys. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.